The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Streaming radio 24-7. Today is the 9th of February 2018. Everybody stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Now, the reason why we do this is this. As everyone knows, I've been talking about how I'm rewiring my brain A lot of stuff going on, whether you're learning about chemically how things work, peptide how they work, and learning to go in when you're under, over, or there's things on top of you that are so heavy, you shouldn't even be able to move them ever in your life. And going in there and learning how to train basically without even thinking now. And I did a show probably about seven, eight weeks ago called Fortitude for Attitude on my own, and I thanked... Anthony Dottillo, I thank John McKean who I'm working with on the power rack right now with the mashing middies, and of course Steve Jack, because I don't know if I ever would have touched a stone if I didn't see Steve's video in 1994 where he went and lifted the Husafell stone in Iceland. And I think gratitude is one of the greatest things you can do not only for the people that inspire you, but for yourself, because if you notice, you'll start seeing your mind shift. You could be having the worst day of your life and start thinking about things you're grateful for. I'll tell you right now, one thing I think I'm grateful for every day is my two legs, because I'm staring at the guy that really is the guy behind FBC and M&M in spirit, and that's my brother Jimmy. Uh, and, and people say to me, ah, you know, that there's no such thing as cliche about being able to walk on your legs. All right, lose them sometime, see what it is, and I don't wish that on anyone. So those are things that I'm really involved in now. There's some people here. Um, in fact, Martin Janzix will be coming in with us shortly. Everyone knows my feelings on Martin. If you don't, I'll tell you. Number one, Martin is one of the, I've never met Martin. I've never got had the honor yet to shake hands and look him in the eye. But I, I was telling Martin off air, I'm not going to repeat a lot of it. Martin is by far one of the nicest men I've ever met in my life. All right? He tells me he's going to do something. If he can't, he, he contacts me and says, something's come up. I can't make it. Can we get back together again? Absolutely. It'll always be that way. But I know for a fact, I know what Bill's told me about him. I know enough where Martin's been on here and the good he does for people. And he doesn't ask for jack shit. All right, and the historic stones and the new book. This is what I want to surround me, and I hope I give as much to Martin as he does to me because, like people say about the show, Martin inspires me. That's very important, and that's what we need to do for one another. We need to inspire one another. And I said this the other day with Carmen Caputo about our show on masculinity. Now, Carmen's been training for 58 years, folks. 58 years. I hope I lived to 58. Okay? 58 years. 
and we were talking all about that. And I got to tell you, man, if a guy like Carmen doesn't inspire you, I don't know what the hell will. He's just absolutely incredible and a great, great man. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what Eminem is all about. So think about those things. Also, too, go out to motivate or um, FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Get in, get on the ride for the Winners and Champions, Inc. That's 14 modules, which are thinking modules, which go over everything. You name it. Stones, sandbags, high shrugs, dips, pullovers, squats, whether it's dead stop squats, conventional stuff. It's all in there. And I mean, yep, $499. Is that a lot? Not for the material you're getting. You've got 14 modules there that, if you're not real familiar with it, it could take you a lifetime to learn this stuff. And everything in there is made to get as damn big, as strong, or whatever you choose to do as you want. It's not some kind of thing that's going to get you ready in 90 days. It's physical culture. It's a lifestyle. That's what I, that is what I'm selling to you. That is the value I'm giving you. So check that out. Also go out to our Prosperity Conscious page. That right there talks all about not only the donations to the companies, but it talks to you about prosperity and what it is where I feel we're coming more from a lack, which you should never live in lack because you'll attract more lack. You won't attract the wealth you want. But there's one thing I've been doing wrong for a while here, and if you go and investigate what this means, is I've been a giver. And I mean giving to the point where, you know, well, I want to come to your house and train. You know, it's like I had some people this week. I like these people, but right now I don't have time. I really don't. If I'm training somebody or I'm doing the shows or I'm doing stuff on FBC or I'm doing business over the phone, um, I don't have a hell of a lot of time. And what I'm doing right now is not a mainstream thing with the middies in the rack. And unless it's somebody that has just been doing rack work, Maybe not this to this extent. Then I would say, okay, why don't you come in and I'll show you kind of what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. But the majority of people are not. And I don't have the time to educate you. I really don't. When I go out there, I've got to go out tomorrow night. I want to go tonight, but there's stuff going on. That stuff will take you and annihilate you. Um, Martin and I were talking about the last show I did with Bill Crawford last weekend about Full Sturker and the press. Just that one press sitting on your behind, in your power rack, with the rods above your shoulders, because you don't want to start below at a deficit. For everybody who thinks they're a great presser, see if you can even move 100 pounds off the rods. You'll most likely want to break you in half. So what I'm saying is, I'm doing things to that extent with no leverage. You've got to be the type of man or woman that's willing to really drop your weights down considerably. If you can't do that, you can't ride the pony with me, period. So that's why a lot of that's going on. But we will get to that, and we will have the people over here, and we'll do it. Also, too, as I said, with the prosperity, don't forget to go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Just look at all the shows Martin and I have done. It's just absolutely incredible. Sign up for a free newsletter on motivationmuscle.com. Don't forget to go out and sign up, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. 
We finally got down uh, what we're charging to advertise here right now, and I think it is excellent because I don't feel it's a lot of money for what you're getting in a very growing show. One month, you get four shows, okay? You'll get one mention. I'll do it either in the beginning or the end. That's $250. If you want to go one month, four shows, but you'll get two mentions in the beginning and the end, that's $400. If you knew what was going on here and where we're going, um, you just see, I just see the tallies of what's happening. And unless something, um, well, I, I got a big announcement, but I'm not going to make it now. The person that has said they're going to come on here, unless something uh, happens in the next week, Wait till you hear the name that's going to come on this show. Anybody that knows anything about intention or inspiration, when I tell you this gentleman's name, it's going to floor you. That's how much motivation muscles turn in the corner now. With very little, it's my will putting my foot down all the time. And I can't do anything without people like Martin and everybody else who's on here. Believe me, I don't think... Anything more than that. These people are very vital to my achievement and my success, but I am the conductor of the train. I know where I want to go with this show, and we will, and I'm going to repeat, we will be a national radio show. I'm telling you. Now, before I bring Martin in, and I know this has been long, but before I bring him in, I want to read something I've been reading constantly from the great Steve Jack. April 1996, Volume 4, Number 1 of Milo. If a tree falls. If a tree falls in the forest, are you man enough to move it? By the end of the first week of medieval lit, I knew I was in trouble. Oh, I could handle the term papers and most of the old English. I was, however, having trouble relating to my classmates. We'd read legends of heroic knights and warriors, epic poetry of steadfast seafarers, and yet, when class dismissed, they'd prance to the sweet shop for coffee and cream puffs, while I, frothing at the mouth and bow-ready, would bolt to the nearest field to throw hammers and stones. Why? I was inspired. Inspiration is not a passive word. It is built on the Latin root for spiritus, from which we get spirit and literally means breath or inhale. Yogis and pearl divers aside, there's not a lot to be gained from holding one's breath. I believe it is equally futile to stockpile one's mental arsenal and never wage war. Now back to our tree. It seems to have fallen and blocked your path. Some will no doubt stand around quibbling as to whether it actually made a sound. How about you? And before I bring Martin in, men, stop apologizing for being men. Go out to fearlobarbellco.com. Look at our manly men's movement. It is incredible. Get involved. Put something out on our thread. Let's start engaging because I can tell you this. I had people after me for over two years to do this. It's out there now, and it's going to get bigger, bigger, and bigger. Now, with that in mind, Martin Janzix, number one, stone lifter, strong man, power lifter, Scottish championships competitor, and the muscle behind the Facebook page, historical, historic lifting. And as everyone knows, and we're going to talk about that first, he has become an author. And I can't wait to read and see his book and we get into that in the future. But Martin, welcome back to Motivation Muscle. If I didn't say Happy New Year, but I do believe you've been on anyways, Happy New Year. Um, give us anything I missed, websites, and we'll get started. We're going to talk about three things. 
We're going to talk about his new book. We're going to give you an update on it. We're going to talk about finishers with training, which I think people are going to love that. Martin's doing a new stone tour in April um, with a gentleman, one of them named James Cowsley, um, and we'll go from there. So, Martin, welcome in. Uh, give out all your info, brother. Hi, Eric. It's a great to be back, as always. And, uh, of course, I'm looking forward to this next hour of conversation. Um, yeah, well, you're, you're very good at your, your uh, introductions. You always do a good job. You always tell people uh, who I am, who people are, and you tell them everything about uh, all of us. Yep. Uh, so I think you've covered everything in the introduction that way. Um, um, yeah. There was, there was something, uh, you're speaking about uh, motivation. And, of course, the title of your show, Motivation, motivation and Muscle, mm-hmm. uh, I think motivation is, of course, a very powerful force. And um, if you have got that talent uh, in stonelifting or any kind of uh, activity, uh, I think you really have a responsibility in life to kind of motivate other people. Mm-hmm. To kind of do that as well. Uh, well, if they are interested, then motivate them to kind of uh, show them how to get better. All right. It's yeah. Everyone's responsibility in life. If they're good at something, you should maybe you should really pass that on to others uh, and kind of inspire them whether they can achieve what you've achieved or surpass you. Uh, you should always give people motivation, encouragement, and try and just pass on what you have learnt in your time doing whatever it is you do. Uh, for me, it's stone lifting, mm-hmm. and uh, I've I've have been since 2011. I have uh, had a, a great uh, life through uh, lifting stones, all the historic stones around Scotland. And next year, uh, Iceland. Next day, I'm planning in the summertime next year. Are you really um, okay? So I don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt you. Are we talking 2019? You're going to Iceland. Yes. Okay. Uh, was, uh, I'm going to be. 40 next year yep in uh, uh, June so I want to I've got a few goals to lift the shoulder and overhead press a few of the Scottish stones over here and then next year before I hit 40 I want to go and lift the stones in Iceland mm-hmm. uh, especially walk with the Hoosville stone around uh, the uh, circle and uh, the goat pen and um, as soon as I hit 40 I'm going to start going back into strongman competitions then do the Masters. But I'll always, at the same time, I'll always be doing the historic stones and uh, doing, uh, putting on like uh, tours mm-hmm. for uh, maybe two groups a year or three groups a year. Um, I would like to get everyone around there to ask, but there's a lot of people kind of asking uh, to get my time and take it around, um, whether it be this year, next year, or year after. Uh, but there's only so much time you can kind of yeah. give away because... Any, every time I do do something, that's taking time away from spending it with the kids. Yeah, that's uh, of course my biggest passion in my life. Um, but as I was saying before, about the uh, <clears throat> since 2011, <clears throat> I've had a great life uh, with the historic stones. Yep, and I've, so I've got the Facebook page, historic stone lifting, and the website after the, the same name. Um, I've given like uh, this will be my in April, the tour in April will be the eighth tour around the uh, historic stones in the last uh, two years mm-hmm. when I started. Uh, and um, I mean, I've met so many great people 
through uh, Estonia, right through the world. I've got so many good friends, including a great friend like yourself. Thank you. Uh, and uh, for Nip, since with the uh, stone lifting being such a passion and actually a, a part of who I am, um, I now look at life like a stone. Um, <laughs> if that makes any sense, I'll nope. try and explain it. Makes total. Uh, to me, if, if you, because every every day in life you're going to get obstacles that's going to get in your way and try and push you down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always something every day. There's something something else. It might not be something big. It might be something little. It could be something big. Um, it could really kind of. Some people get can get put down, get depressed, and things like that. Um, but for me now, I just look at life as a as a stone. Any obstacle that gets in my way, I just treat it like a stone. Mm-hmm. Get out the best way to tackle it. I lift it. I move it, and I move on to the next one. Um, so to me, since stone lifting has been such a big passion and inspiration in my life, I now look at life that way as well. Just yep. Pick it up. Yeah. Move it out of the way. Move on to the next problem. Well, you know what it is too, Martin, is this, um, you know, it's interesting how you treat things like a stone because I got into this with a number of people, you know, um, about stones. You know, why do you do that? I mean, you know, basically where a stone is a stone to them, but I try to explain to them a stone vibrates, it has energy in it, and not only that, it's one of the greatest things to get lost in when you feel like, man, the world is caving down on your head. And what it does, it realigns what you are and your perspectives in life. And this is a thing right now that is very much missed. It's missed in the world, missed in society. People just figure, wow, life is dealing me crap all the time. Well, Life is dealing you crap because that's the mindset you're always in. You're always thinking of things that, you know, you're, you're bringing this into who you are, into your life. And if that's the way you're going to behave and that's the way you're going to think that you're going to get anywhere, I hate to break it to you, folks. You're not. And this stuff that we are so fortunate to do. And, you know, I don't want to leave it just to stone lift. And I tell people to come over here and train or whatever's on their mind, because, you know, I'm doing right now, I'm doing free consulting calls with anybody that wants to talk to me right now, because what it is, is I am so um, in debt to what this sport has given, it's not even a sport, physical culture has given me, but, and the people have been instrumental in my life, that I want to help people, you know, I want them to contact me, I want them to reach out, and let's sit down, via Skype for a half an hour, and let's talk about things. Because, as Martin will tell you, and I can tell you, I'll speak for me. I think I um, I think Ken, Ken Nowicki, when he was on here the other day, we were talking about this. People got to realize everybody has all different types of potential. Everybody has all different types of needs. And some people just don't want to go lift a 418-pound Husafel stone. Why? I have no idea. But maybe someday they change their mind and decide to do it, and I think that's great. But here's what I'm saying to everybody. Just get out there. Get out there. You know, get a little cold in your bones. Um, get a few scrapes on your hands. You know, have it so you can't even move your fingers for two days. You know, have your body hurt from head to toe. Have you Get a headache. I don't care. But what I'm saying is to do this stuff, 
you got to be willing to deal with a lot of pain. And there is a lot of pain with this, just as there is with life. But see, the one thing we've got that a lot of people don't, we've got an outlet, man. And I know when things are imploding all over me, you know what I'm doing either right after a show, whether it's to go out and throw my 33-pound um, uh, atlet or my thick bar in my big barrels, maybe load uh, another 150 on each side and just sit there and deadlift till I can't deadlift it anymore. And they'll be like, well, that's not much weight. Well, you don't understand. What I'm doing is I am pulling all this pressure off me. It's, it's, it's almost like what they do, what they talk about when you are making intentions to yourself, when you're overriding, uh, your beliefs. One of the things I do, and I've heard other people say it is I do this with a sand dune. I pound my, from my elbow down right into the dune and I make a fist and I take all the things that are going on with me. It could be anything. An argument, a bad day, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it to the next one, the show, whatever. And what I do is I make a fist and clinch it as hard as I can and think of these things I want to remove out of my system. And what I do is I, I, I make it so I load my fist up with everything. And then when I've got everything there and I'm squeezing my fist so hard it looks like my forearm's going to explode, I open my hand wide and all that comes out of your fingers and drops to the ground, and it disintegrates. Now, most people might say, well, I don't know about that. Well, I'm going to tell you, whatever it takes to work, works. When you do these things, this is why, you know, you see a guy like Martin. Martin's giving up his time, and I know he doesn't make a lot doing it. He's taking people on these stone tours that it's absolutely incredible to involve himself in things like this. But I'm telling you, everybody, a lot of this stuff is tension and pressure. You know, to perform, to to make it right and all that. You don't realize, and I'm telling you right now, the best thing you could ever take up is the iron, steel, and stone. It's all yours, brother. Um, it's interesting what you're saying about uh, why people say, well, why would you go and lift that stone? Um, what's, it's, I mean, it can be said about anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've done a lot of sports over the years. I've tried uh, rugby, uh, boxing. Uh, I've done uh, uh, football, I've done uh, tug of war, I did powerlifting, bodybuilding, uh, but of all everything I've done, I've done. Um, when I came to lifting stones, yeah, uh, that was the thing that really grabbed grabbed me. Yeah, there's something out there. It's right for everyone. And um, when I was working right before I got into electronics and computing, um, I was a builder for a number of years um, and then when I was building we was taking down a lot of buildings uh, to rebuild them in a, a safer and more modern day structures and a lot of the buildings were taken down were great big stones um, they were made of uh, a lot of big, uh, a lot of stones and I mean some of the big ones is what I have in the back garden I got from work one of them uh, I took uh, we dug out the ground and two of the stones I've got to train with at home I took out of the uh, walls from knocking down buildings mm-hmm. uh, and then as always when we're cleaning up like the rubble cleaning everything up I was like the only one on the site you could actually lift the stones in the back of the pickup yep. to move them get rid of them within our site um, and I noticed I had a bit of a, a talent kind of a bit of strength for doing that 
and then uh, it just kind of fired me up. And then when I started to research competing in the uh, strongman competitions, yep. I came across Limberstone, and then uh, it was. It, so I wanted to go and lift it because I knew that people from all over the world had come to Scotland, uh, America, Canada, Germany, um, Australia, everywhere, and they wanted to lift this stone when they were here. Um, and it's not just that. I want to be a part of that culture. Yep. Uh, it was a, a big strength culture, and I wanted to be part of that because uh, I found I was good at lifting awkwardly shaped and heavy objects. And um, But it was the, the background of the history because uh, I've always loved uh, history, especially the our Scottish history. Yep. Uh, back in the uh, like clans and wars and what the clans would do and, and everything. Yep. Uh, and, and and I just think it's it's fascinating how far how different we've we, we've come over like a number of like seven hundred years. It is it is unbelievable how things were back then and how they are now. Um, but it's the history that's behind the stones, because the stones date back hundreds of years. Yep. And they've been used as a test of strength for hundreds of years. People, Some stones were uh, were uh, for workmen on farms and things like that. They would, at break time, they would have a bit of fun and challenge each other to lift any stone. Others were for um, clans. If you wanted to be part of a clan or, or further in a clan, like to be one of the warriors or the king's guards and things like that. Oh yeah, um, you should get all one of these stones as part of that. Uh, your um, training to pass to kind of get into the warrior kind of set of things. And now can we have took everything back and we are still doing that. And to be doing that over uh, hundreds of years, it's just a fascinating story. And so everything's got history to it. So it's not just lifting a stone. It's the history that goes behind the stones. And then we, now we're training with stones in the back garden all the time. Yep. But it all goes back to, because the passion I've got for what we call the, histo- the historic stones, and it's the history that they've got behind them, how many people over over the years, and who, getting great warriors and stuff, have actually lifted this stone and did the same feat of strength I'm trying to do with it just now. Yeah. And it's just kind of mind-boggling. So that is kind of... That aspect of it has went over to my, my personal training, and I, I train with stones more and more and more because that's that's the tool that I love to use more than anything else. Just picking up a stone, lifting it, pressing it up to my knees, um, squatting with it, anything. That's my main tool. Well, and, yeah. I, I, and uh, sorry, um, and it's the same for me. Uh, um, that is what I've chosen because that's what I, I've um, what really grabbed me, which that's which really got a fire burning inside my belly. Um, um, but I see people doing other sports, tennis, badminton, football, things like that. Yeah. And they're they're not from they're not for me at all. No. So it's it's not the matter. It's not the fact that why would you go and lift a stone? Well, why would you want to go and do something else? <laughs> yeah. Not only that, it's like the question is too. Well, why don't you lift a stone? You know, think about that. Why don't? Uh, why do you? Well, why don't you? You know, and that's the whole thing. Look at. You know, like I said before, it's just a way, you know, no matter what's going on, you got something that captivates you, you have history. And that's the thing now, especially see in the United States, Martin, is, you know, people don't care about history anymore. They don't care what goes on. I mean, I see now Ryan, we were talking, we was on last week. I love it. They got all these stones they found now in Utah. They're lifting. In fact, he had a picture up today of him lifting a big stone. 
um, I'm very happy to see people that are dedicated to that where they want to go out and find out if there were things done around here, you know, and do the research. And that makes a big difference because, you know, I think with anything that's important to you, you should know what came before you because, you know, we I've always said, and I've heard other people say, you know, like when you go to Iceland, the, the thing is going to be, well, who who had their uh, who had their arms wrapped around the stone and made it around the fifty meters here? That's that's the exact thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly. I mean, over the over the years, the hundreds of years, this stone has been used as a test of strength. Yep. Look, just imagine when you when you're ripping that thing, you're lifting it, um, you're ripping it off from the ground where it sits. Just um, it's it's just going through your head. The other people. Hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. it did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And why? Can, what, can who were they? And all this, and they hope they're doing it for. And um, it's just kind of, it's just mind-boggling. It's just the thing that really inspires me to do more, and it just really grabs me, makes me want to do it. Let me ask you this, though, and I don't know if it's the same way in Scotland like it is in the United States. And I think you and I have talked a little bit about this in the past, but I think it kind of all goes to what, and I know people always ask, well, why do you want to lift a stone? Or why do you want to get on Icelandic air and, and Iceland air and go over to Husafell? And I'm like, well, why not? But there's always going to be people like that. There's always going to be like, uh, you know, the naysayers, all that. But we know here in the United States, a lot of manual labor is not like it was here. There is still plenty of it. But we know now generations of people don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to get their hands callous. They don't see any uh, romance with it. But I see a lot of romance with it, especially if I've got to go out and pick up money. I do anything I can that is physical. Why? And people say to me, well, that hurts your workouts. Not if you know how to work out. You can measure anything in a night. I can go in and do such horrendous squats that I don't need to do anything after a day where I'm digging ditches. Okay? But what do you think, in your opinion, uh, you can tell me what over in Scotland or comment on America, what do you think has, has drawn, I mean, we live in a very technical society, but where? why do you think that there's... Is it more that we haven't spread the word enough about stone lifting? Is it just that we don't live in a manual society? So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna BS anybody. I see kids all the time. The majority of them look soft as a, as a petal on a flower. All right. So, what do you think it is, Martin? What is, what is going on with, with physicality in the world right now? Well, for me, um, I mean, when I left school, um, I, I started in construction uh, straight away, mm-hmm. so I've always been. I mean, I started off as a roofer. I was laying, I was on roofs, laying uh, slates and tiles, and um, then after that, I went into uh, being a builder. I did my apprenticeship, and then yep. I worked as a builder for a number of years. Um, but the, I mean, I never had a mobile phone until I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. and I didn't even have a computer until I went to college. Um, but uh, nowadays, I mean, my daughter's only 12 and she's got a phone, she's got a laptop, she's got her, uh, yep. her tablet. Um, so I think it's more of a case that the world's going more electronic and digital. Mm-hmm. So manual labour is, is taking like a step back for people. Yep. Because um, people are getting 
young people as a, a younger age are getting more into uh, like the electronic sort of uh, technical world. So when they get leave school, they, because they've got more, maybe they're maybe uh, more intelligent and that kind of way for doing to get a job in uh, like a engineering sort of industry is for electronics, yep, uh, robotics, yep. uh, computing. So why would why would they will they will feel why will they have to go why should they go in manual labour uh, breaking the box that I can every day when they can go and sit in an office yeah and yeah. even maybe earn more money through doing what they've been doing all the days at home on the computer I agree um, yeah I think it's more the digital era yep so um, the industry is kind of taking a step back for people and people are more interested in the digital side of things because there's more and more things going out for kids, and even be, um, toddlers at three-year-old, yeah. you can get tablets and computers for them to play, start playing with. Uh, so, uh, not as young as that, leaving school, yeah. think of, can they're going to be so intelligent in that kind of aspect of digital, digital life, uh, they're not going to want to go and do manual labour. So when it comes to it, <laughs> they're going to have soft, uh. soft hearts. <laughs> They're gonna have so, they're gonna have soft hearts and soft heads that are gonna get them in you know. I mean, I mean, like say when I left school, though, I was straight into uh, industry. And yes. I was yep. Busting yep. My, myself every single day. Well, we got um, we've got the only reason uh, the only reason I'm not a builder anymore is because over here yeah. where I live in Scotland, this area, the building, the, the construction industry, especially the building side of things. Uh, you started to get pretty slow. Yeah. And a lot of getting paid off and things. And I was hearing a lot of stories from people that have been building for uh, longer than I had been and they've been off out of work for months at a time. And uh, we never, nobody knew how long if we're going to be working. Right. Uh, same industry in a year's time. Yeah. So I decided, well, I, I've got a family, so I can't go and I can't afford to kind of not know what's going to happen in a year's time. So. I I went to college and I learned to be a draftsman. Yeah, I was yeah. draftsman two years and then uh, ended up getting into electronics and I'm now doing electronics and computing. Yeah, uh, but it's only because the industry took like a, a big downturn. Yeah, so I went on computers and electronics and out of draft. Hey, you got you got a family and stuff too. I mean, I did computers for years. I earned huge money. I know if I was still there, even not being a manager, I'd be making six figures now. But you don't have to be the, a manager because the amount of responsibility you have to make sure that stuff is up is huge. But you know, and this is going to lead right into we're going to talk about finishers. I mean, um. By that I mean, folks, things you like to do at the end of your workout. I know a lot of people be like, well, that's adding too much on. No, it's not. Because it's like anything. Pick your poison. Go what you can do for that day. And that's the end of it. See, this is where people get in the trouble with weight training, with anything, all right? They're listening to the wrong people. And, it's a, you know, it's one thing to push. Believe me. I love to push. I love to push others. But I also know there's a threshold that you can go over where your training works the opposite against you. And when you're hurling stones and you're in a power rack with mammoth weights you're moving, when you're, you know, shouldering or pushing up huge sandbags over your head or whatever, you know, we like taking Atlas stones and rolling them the 95 feet in my driveway, like almost doing like a bear crawl with a Atlas stone. 
um, one guy said to me, what does that do? I was like, okay, come on over here and let's do a few rounds of that. This SOB was on his face after four rounds of this. All right? This stuff is serious stuff when we're talking a finisher. But I was ta- tell, you know, talking to Martin before we came on, and I was like, you know, what about a farmer's walk? You know, I don't do farmer's walk with two hands. I do it one side, go 95 feet, switch to the other arm, and go that way. Why? Because I feel there's more to my midsection getting hit like that, the hips. And just the idea of having to support something without both hands to support it, hold it. That's one of the things I love to do. Uh, I love to do sandbag walks. That would be a bear hug and a walk. I love to do, I do some stuff with stones I love to do, whether it's picking it up off the ground, putting it on a 55-gallon drum, whether it's just keeping it between my legs, straddling it, pulling it up to the top of my chest for reps, pulling side up to it, side to side. I love doing all that kind of stuff. I do so many medleys with stones. I mean, I, you've heard me talk before. I just do it 10 feet apart. Take stones from 50 pounds up to 450. You'll get to that point where you start getting into the mid-threes with the Husafel stones, and I've got uh, a bunch of cement ones we made. You're not even picking them up anymore. You're going to have to drag them. So you could end up putting a pile of stones together. Usually I go 20 to 25 stones, and I have to go back home and put them back where they were. Let me tell you something. Your body is screaming, screaming to stop. And I don't care how long it takes me to do it, it gets done. Another thing I love to do, I was telling Martin, I love to do uh, sled drags. But I don't do them the conventional way where I cook a, put a harness on me and start running with it. I do it the opposite way. My face, um, I'm faced at the stu- at the um, the um, sled, and I pull it backwards. Meaning your your hamstrings alone feel like they're going to explode, especially when you're using a lot of weight. I love doing a lot of glute ham raises for reps. That's another thing. Now light your damn system on fire, and I love doing the thick bar with my 55 gallon drum barrels or I love doing it's one of the best and I'm sure I hope you've tried it if not I would suggest it take an Apollo axle load it up like you're going to do for a deadlift no straps no nothing folks and just come up halfway with it and hold it holy shit you'll feel like your hands are going to burst off you so Martin that's just some of the things that I do take your time um, give any suggestions you like to do for some finishers yeah, well, um, uh, just before I get into that, uh, I would like to just say something about the, uh, the stones. About okay? yeah, yes, yeah, say whatever you um, want. Uh, it's going back to like why would you lift the uh, the stone? Yeah, uh, it's just like um, it's just a part of the, the historic stones are an individual aspect of a uh, strength culture, um, but it's it's just like uh, they got the kind of uh, they relate to. Uh, strong man competitions yep. they're all strongest man strong man sport uh, and this is just like another aspect of that but it's like it's own individual strength culture like I was saying because these stones date back for hundreds of years and they've got a great history that, and history is something we should all uh, want to know about because it's where we came from and who we are Yep. and what, what, and what made us who we are uh, through centuries um, but with the stones natural stones because natural stones are different 
again, in, they're very um, they're different from like what you get in strongman competitions with traditional lot of stones. Mm-hmm. Lot of stones are like properly properly like spheres. Uh, they're just big balls of cement, and uh, there's only kind of they're either going to be uh, the only differences is their size, their weight, and their texture, whether they're smooth or rough. Um, but usually the texture doesn't really matter because people use so much tacky to stick to the stones. Yeah, yep. Only two aspects of a heartless stone, it's going to be the size of it, get your arms around the girth of it, and uh, the weight. But with natural stones, and this is this is a big thing, um, natural stones are like a puzzle. They're, they're, they're the own, their own challenge. And once you once you lift one, you want to go and lift another one. You want to go and lift more. Yeah. Because it's like it's like working out um, a puzzle. Because you've got to work out, you've got to read the stone and work out the best way to lift it. Because you might go and try and lift a stone, and it fall out your hands. Your grip might not be in the right place. So you've got to adjust the way the stone sits before you pick it up. You've got to adjust your hand position. It's not like lifting a lot of stone where you can just put your arms around it and lift it. Yep. Um, but we're not we're not for a stone. When you're lifting, before you lift a stone, you've got to think of five different things. You've got to think about the size of the stone, the shape of it, the texture, okay, whether it's smooth or whether it's, whether it's a smooth texture, whether it's a rough texture, whether the smooth texture of the stone uh, makes means you've got to try and put your hands under, under it a little bit more, or maybe you've got to find a kinda, some sort of grip or a hold at one end of it because it's too smooth to lift, so you need some sort of grip or a hold of it. And then you've got the weight of the stone, of course, and then you've got the balance of the stone. Now this is that's the interesting one as well, because the stone's a natural stone, so it wasn't made to be lifted, right? Like an atlas stone, the natural stones they're going to be they could be like ten kilograms more at one side of a stone than the other, so it's going to be off balance straight away. And, li- and lifting that is so awkward. Your your body's going to be put in so many different positions than it would usually be in when you're lifting out like a natural stone because they're so awkward to lift. And then once you get up to your lap, you you got to maybe adjust your hand position again. And you've got to try and find another hand position for yourself because you try and lift it. But mm-hmm. I get that grip. Um, so it's that, like that five aspects. It's part of a thing I call the basic ten. Yep. I think I might have spoken about it before. There's that five ca- characteristics of the stones, which again is the size, the shape, the texture, the weight, and the balance. Mm-hmm. And then you have five lifts as well that make up the basic ten, which is lifting it off the ground like uh, four inches, so there's you can see underneath it. Yep. Which is uh, a successful lift. And then you've got the the lift onto the lap, um, over the knees onto the lap, and then you've got the to the chest. And then you've got to uh, the shoulder and then overhead. But there's one thing I like to say about before going into the uh, finishers about the stones. Uh, there's something uh, I like to tell everyone because uh, when I give tours and such, I give like uh, the people on the tour like one to one kind of tuition and technique and things like that. Um, but there's one, there's something that not a lot of people can now realise when you've got the stone on your lap. This is a good one for people to practice. Um, instead of just pulling the stone in, into your into yourself, mm-hmm. so it's against your stomach and against your kind of chest, just pulling it in. When you stand up with it, if you just pull it in, you stand up with the stone. It can be sitting uh, maybe just high high in your stomach, but low in your chest. But when, when you've got the stone on your lap, mm-hmm. if you pull it in yourself and then you bend forward and sink your chest into the stone as well, when you lift it. The chest is the stone is really high up in your chest. Yeah, 
very good one. It's a very good one to practice for if you are going to do a, a competition or you just want to lift it as hard as you can, but especially for a competition because that kind of technique will keep the stone really high. Yeah. And then if, if you're still need a bit more height, you can maybe lean back slightly, but just slightly because you don't want to lean back too much so you can put yourself off balance. Or you could go slightly just on your tiptoes and get that extra two inches you might need. But practice for people... People should practice that one. When the pull is thrown into the stomach, into the chest, lean forward and sink the chest, really sink the chest into the stone. So when you lift, when you stand up, the stone is actually high, really high up in your chest. Yeah, and that's... One that a lot of people don't actually uh, think about, but it's a really good one. No, that's an excellent one because... Um... One thing with the Husafel stone, I mean, I know it's not an atlas or, well, it is a natural stone. I mean, it, it's volcanic for sure. But one of the big things you see with a lot of these guys where they can't hold it is they have the stone too low. That thing is just too wide. I've got the specs here because one of the stones that I have here of the steel is built exactly from head to toe, side to side, just like the stone from Iceland, the Husafel. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing, that stone, like a lot of them, has to be up high. You're not going to make it around that sheep pen with that stone low. It's too heavy and it's too thick. I don't care how good your grip or how good your fingers are. It's just the girth of the stone and the weight of it. And and not only that, I mean, Martin will see when he goes there. I hope I can meet you in 19 there because I want to go this year and do it. Yeah, but uh, arranged to, to meet up in the summertime. Well, really, really cool. well, I'll tell you, I will do everything I can in my power, but I will tell you this. For anyone that's never been to Iceland, to Husafell, I would suggest whether you want to go lift that stone or go on a, the most beautiful voyage of your life to do it. But the ground you're walking on around that sheep pen is not concrete is not blacktop it goes down comes up goes around and the last time i was there i don't know if things are starting to get loose a little bit but there's some stones now on the bottom of the pen that are starting to come out a little bit i'm going to tell you right now you got to know where you're walking with that you got to know your footing because you know that's a very interesting thing to bring up because it's going to make people that want to try it aware of the actual surface they're going to be walking on yeah into not not treat it like they were walking on a, a flat road. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. And not only not only that, Martin, the thing you gotta be very cognizant of is some of the spots where some of the stones I believe are moving a little bit, because let's face it, the earth moves, things move. It's been there for mm-hmm. hundreds of years, this this pen. Um the thing you gotta be cognizant of, you gotta practice a little bit walking without the stone or some of their there's some light ones around. You never want to hit one of those things sticking out with a Husafel. You're going down. You could kill yourself, literally. I mean, you get very yeah, injured. So very bad injury. Like, yeah, yeah, very bad. So the thing is, just to let anybody know, I mean, it's mostly like shale, if you know what shale is to walk on. Um, but I will tell you this. I mean, I've never been to Scotland, and I will get there. But I will tell you this, it'll put a lump in your throat when you see this place. You know, I've said it before, and I can never stop talking about it because, you know, I owe that to Steve Jack. There's no doubt about it. But I also got ready and went over and did it regardless. When you see that cross on that one-room steeple church, you know you're there. And when you make either the right or left in there, 
and you, you'll see that sheep pen to your far, far left, if that doesn't touch you as a man or a woman, nothing will, man. I mean, you know, we went right to the base of everything. We went to the church first. We went and honored Sonori Bjornsson, who was the pastor who built that place with his bare hands. When you see the size of these stones, it will floor you. And it's split down the middle because he used one side, obviously. He was milking them, and the ones he milked, were on the other side. These were sheep. And what he did, for anybody that doesn't know the history, uh, Kavia Helen is what it really is called, but everyone calls it Husafel Stone, was used to block the side where they had been milked, and that way they could not get out. So when someone gets that proficient in lifting and moving a stone, of course his congregation back, especially in those times, figured this guy was some kind of ghost or god or whatever. And one other thing, and I'll give it right back to Martin, is this. You know, his great, great ancestors there. This guy, I mean, he lifts the Husafel stone, and he's got a house there, and he's got, like we call it, a hobby hut. He literally has this place where he does stonework built right into the side of a mountain. It is so interesting. And when you when you approach this, he's built, I don't know what the figure is in it. I forgot what he said. But it's all made of different color bricks, but it is literally a face or a design. And then when you walk in there, this guy, I mean, he is an accomplished artist, I'm telling you, for playing music. He built literally a xylophone out of stone. You ought to hear this guy play. It will blow your mind. And then, as you leave there, I mean, by the church and everything, you'll see all these stones he's carved. He's a stone carver. I don't know what else he does. He's a musician, definitely. And I mean a classical musician. You start walking up to the sheep pen. And sometimes when you get close enough, you'll spot where the Husafel dropped. Wherever that stone is laying on its belly is where you start to get around the 50 meters. But the thing that will blow your mind besides everything, wait till you see the size of that stone he carved. It's mammoth. One side of the face is Sonori Bjornsson. When you get and you see that, you know you're home. And it might be snowing a little bit, maybe not. It won't probably be too raw, but the stone is slipperier than slippery can be. There's not many handholds on it, but my God, when you see that place, and if you've been watching it on Steve's video or the stuff I've put up, it, it, it is, I, I don't know if I can even describe to you, I'm sitting here now, I can see this whole thing in my mind's eye as I'm describing this to you. It is like the most, unbel- I, I've never had a son or daughter yet. And I know everybody tells me that is the greatest thing he could ever have. But this is probably pretty close. And I'll be anxious to hear what Martin says when he goes and um, destroys that Husafel stone. But I'm telling you, folks, it's a, you know, Bill said this in 2008. I'm glad I got back. You know, and he was right. This is a once in a chance lifetime to go and do this. Not only that, you know, Dritvik, Latra, Legenstein. Husafel in itself, is enough for anybody. I got news for you. I know everybody would like to do that. I want to go do that whole tour. Ryan Stewart's going to do that in May. We were going to go in July, but he wants to go in May. I can't do that. Um, you want to talk about a tour? 
<laughs> I'm telling you, Latra, and I'm going to give this right to you, uh, Martin. Latra on a rough day, you're right on the ocean. Uh, there's three mammoth stones that you have to lift on this big, huge rock. You're in sand. And the water is green, literally. It looks like it's absolutely beautiful, and when, and it's rough. I mean, you know, they talk about Vikings in the Viking movie. You're like in a Viking movie. That water's coming over and hitting you, and then you go down these three little shot-to-hell, whatever they were, stairs, and there's a Judas stone, and right down next to it is a column stone. I can't think of the name of the stone. That's 600 pounds. You just got to see if you can get that off the ground. The Judas Stone has been said. I asked Bill Crawford. He thinks it's around probably 275. But it's like the Inver where everybody will say, well, it's only that weight. Well, that doesn't matter, right? Weight doesn't dictate, as Martin just said, with natural stones. It could be 250 and you can't even move that beast. Okay? I'm telling you right now, that's the Judas Stone. So... If you get to go, I would tell you to go, even if you want to go see those four places. It will touch your soul like nothing you've ever felt before. I hope I didn't take too long, Martin, but it means an awful lot to me. And for anybody that didn't have the education, I hope they enjoy it. It's all yours. Well, it was really good to listen to what you're saying about the Icelandic stones because it expresses the passion you've got for it. And um, hopefully that passion can be, uh, people can understand it more. Uh, yeah. because what you just said and uh, they'll, re- they'll know why it is such a big part of your life and it might become a part of their life yep. I mean they don't have to lift the stones they might just want to go and see the scenic yep. uh, the scenery that surrounds them all which some of these stones have got some amazing scenery or might even just uh, love to hear the history of the stones because mm-hmm. some of them have got really great history and it's exciting it's really good to hear um, but no it was really interesting listening to what you were saying thanks and um, and uh, another thing uh, when you come to Scotland yep the first thing we're going to do is go to the pub, and I'm going to get you a pint. <laughs> you, you know what I tell everybody, too, and they always, like, laugh, because I said, you know, um, I'm not going to name names, but some people don't like to be told by experts like a Martin, well, maybe you need to move up two feet, and suddenly the stones will come off the ground. You know, Martin can be serious, and I think he is, and he kids me about it, and because of my respect for him, and I know when people are trying to pull my chain, I love when he says to me, "We'll make a stone lifter out of you yet." Now I know a lot of pe- I know a lot of people would be insulted by that stuff, especially in today's world. I love it. I was telling Charlie Oliphant on our last show about it. Um, I relish that. I don't care. You guys can say whatever you want. I mean, I'll tell you if I think it's over the line. But there's not much o- with over the line with me. I got pretty thick skin, but I appreciate a guy like Martin, saying that to me because obviously he feels I do have potential. And I've lifted some big oh, things. You've, you've got a, it's what you do in your uh, video, videos that you make and the way you speak about what you do and um, the passion you've got. You've got a lot of potential. Thanks. And, um, everything, when you come over here, I'm going to give you a lot of banter. You better look out. You better look out. I might not want to go home. You know what I mean? But, you know, the, the, the thing is, what I'm saying about Martin and a lot of other people, you know, you need to appreciate this kind of stuff because these guys are brutal with stones. I mean, and, and everything else, let's face it. And they're good people to boot. 
And I, I've gotten into this with people that, well, I don't like, you know, this one saying that or that. I'm like, you know, you need to get over it quick. A guy of his caliber, you don't think I'm going to sit there and be a student? Hopefully I've got, and I'm sure I'm going to go over there with power. And I'll tell you right now, I've told people, I'm carrying around a lot of firepower in me that's just been sitting, sitting, sitting. You know, it's like in Rocky Balboa where, he, you know, there's Rocky talking to Paulie in the, in the meat place. And he's saying to him, you know, he's saying to him, he's asking him, you know, is this angry, is this that, because they're talking about fighting again. And, and Paulie's being sarcastic with Rocky, and Rocky says to him, there's still stuff in the basement. And he said, what a scene. And, and he says, well, is it angry? And he says, what do you mean angry? Now, Rocky is not a guy to break down. And he's starting to break down a little bit because the whole premise of this movie is Adrian died in it. And his son is not very close with him. And I think Rocky, why little Marie was back in his life and all that, Rocky was looking for something again. He wanted validation. He missed what he was doing. It's like Martin and I. It's like you try to take a chunk out of us, and it hurts, man, and you want it really bad. That was a... That was an emotional movie. The first time I watched it, yeah, uh, it was it was something else. Yeah, it well, was, it was really good. It was it kind of it made you feel feel for the guy, you know. Well, yeah, and, and it, yeah, it kind of took home kind of your own kind of feelings about what you're doing stuff, and um, it, it's yeah, it was an emotional kind of movie. Like. Very, and and you know when he said you know when he says to him, "Are you mad because uh, Adrian left you?" When he said that, I was like, "Oh," and he was like, "She died, Paulie." And then he says, and he's like saying to him, what's this stuff in the basement? You haven't peaked yet? He goes, peaked? He goes, yeah, peaked. He's like, that's when he said that. And he goes, he goes, he said, sometimes I feel like I, I, I can't control this beast inside me. And now Rocky's starting to get little tears in the corner of his eyes. And he's saying, I didn't think it was going to be like this, Paulie, and, and, and this and that. And Rocky tells him, you know, he is going to get back in the ring. And, and you know, Paulie, he asked Paulie to come and train with him, help him out. And, he, and in the beginning of the movie, if you pay attention to a lot of this stuff, they're out front of the old pet shop and mixed gym. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's talking about how everything's falling down. And Rocky's like, no, you know, this, that. And Rocky said to him, when you become, you know, when when you're around something enough, it becomes part of you, and that's what Paulie said. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's how it is with, the, with us and the, the strength culture as well. Yeah. With the stones. Yeah. When you're around as much as I mean. Yeah. Back in 2011, when I first started, I'd never dreamed uh, I would be where I am today. Yeah. Uh, it's just I'm around it so much; it has become part of who I am. It is. It is me. It's like Rocky and his boxing. He's around it. Yeah, it, oh, he's like, he's, it, he's, um, it Rocky is not Rocky with it. He got boxing gloves. You know, you know, it's, you know what? It's, well, you know what, Martin? It's like everything. We latch on to something we love. It it just fires something off in us. And, you know, a lot of those movies, they like to say this and that about. But if you listen to some of the dialogue, especially the last one with all the stuff, that Rocky is like all of us. At some point, we're going to get old. Hopefully, we can still do a lot of the things we want to do. But we don't have people, even when we're young, there's a lot of people that don't believe in us, don't believe in what we do. 
And when you get to his age, when his own son doesn't believe in you anymore, and like Paul, he said, oh, what's the matter? He doesn't believe in you anymore. Welcome to my life. You know, it takes a lot of man to stand up and say, I am and I'm going to do it, all right? And this is what, you know, when we talk about stone lifting, when we talk about lifting big things, when we talk about walking stones, big things like that, to finish our day and know we're coming back another day, it's a different style of road. And I was saying to people the other day with the businesses and the training, because I train mostly by myself because most people aren't going to want to do what I do. Um, it can be a lonely road at times. It really can. People don't realize that. As much as the confidence I ensue and what I want to do in my life, sometimes, some days, it'd be nice if somebody just came up and kicked me right in the ass and said, get moving faster. But what I've done with this type of life is I've created such a self-sufficient way, such a way of depending on myself and learning myself and growing myself and making myself to the point where I don't even have to think a lot of times when I'm going to do a lift, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. That's when I don't need anybody to come over. Here I am loading all my bars with all my plates on them, cleaning them off. You know, I was telling people today, Martin, you'll love this, stones. Frozen to the ground. What am I doing? I'm out there with a sledgehammer, knocking the ice off them so I can move them. Yeah, I and mean, I was the same. I was there. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't have, they weren't stuck to the ground. But yep. Uh, on Wednesday, I was outside. Uh, no, on um, Monday night, I was outside training, and it was so cold. The stones were really freezing. <laughs> yeah. Cold yep. hands. Yep. But um, I just thought, Ugh, this is this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'll soon warm up. So I just kept going. But for like half an hour, I was training, and the stones were. Just like touching the ice, yeah, you know, freezing. But I just didn't want to stop. Well, and, te- uh, and Martin, tell everybody out there. I mean, I don't know. Are you consciously thinking? If you can describe, anyway, what's going on with your head at that point? Because obviously, the hands are a big contact to the brain, especially when you're doing what you're doing. Can you tell people? Is what? What do you think was going on with your brain, or but, or were you so? enthused to be doing this and it just keeps you wanting to do more and more what can you give a description of anything that you felt was going on you know i was just um i mean it's like when i go out and put the rubbish out the trash out uh out the back the stones are the first thing i see when I open the back door <laughs> yep yep and uh every time i see them uh i actually smile yeah it makes me smile yep because um it's like the same when I see my kids in the morning. Yeah. I see them and I smile. Yep. Uh, it just sucks when I open the back door. I look at the stones and I smile. Um, it's it just an overwhelming sort of feeling. Yeah. And then I stand there and I look at the big stone I've got and I call it the beast. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I point to it and I say, right, I'm going to lift you later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... And then, <laughs> and then, and then uh, later on that night after work, I'll go yep. out and once Sarah's in her bed and I'll go... Um, and trained for a half hour, 40 minutes in a back garden. It's yep. usually pitch black. Yep. I've got a light on outside. Um, and like I say, the stones were, were really cold. But um, I was so drawn into what I was doing. Uh, I was I had the adrenaline rush. I had the excitement. As, as soon as that stone came a few inches off the ground, uh, my adrenaline just boosted, rocketed sky high. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, it's hard to explain. I just kind of find the words to really tell people what it's like for me 
but I just love doing it. Oh, um, yeah. It's like as soon as that, like I say, as soon as I'm ripping that stone off the ground, um, it, it is mine. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I keep. I'll just say to myself, up, 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 up. Oh yeah. And I just oh, yeah. keep going, keep going. And there's, there's, for me, there's no feeling like it. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, in Pump and Iron, right? Yeah. We are not short Yeah. When he was saying, when he's, when he, the woman asked him, the, the journalist asked him, um, what's it like for you? And he said, oh, when I'm lifting weights and I'm bodybuilding, it's like coming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. Like coming to the gym, getting a yep. feeling like coming at home, and getting a feeling like coming on stage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you know you get it's that same feel. It's just a big adrenaline. It's it's there's nothing like it. Almost it's it's great. Like, um, yeah. But I mean, everyone's. I mean, people do other sports. I find be like that with with them with their own sports as well. But for me, it's just something. Um, it's it's like Rocky put it in his like you said he put it in his the words. Yeah. Okay, when you you're around it enough, it, it is who you are. It becomes you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, something. Um, take a motivation again. Uh, Take motivation from either if you can't if there's no one around you or you don't um, if there's no one that you that you know it can inspire you uh, which I'm I I will, I'm hoping I I can do that for people inspire them to uh, do better for themselves yeah whether it be lifting stones or in life at all um, uh, then take inspiration from someone saying that you can't do it oh yeah say hey forget you yeah. I, well, yep. I can do it. I can do this. Um, but it's like um, I've got a lot of inspiration uh, from yourself and your show. Yeah, because you're a nice. great man. And um, uh, I really can't wait to meet you and take your pint in the pub. We're getting trouble, man. Uh, I, I got a feeling we're going to have too good of a time. I'll tell you this, you know, you know, it's real interesting. This is it. You know, you were talking about I'm going to get you later. You know, I'm going to lift you later. I don't know about you, but this happens to me a lot because there's so many of my stones and sandbags that are outside, whether they're covered or not. I swear, and I know it's probably in my head, but as I said, I think they vibrate. They can, they can, they got their own language. I swear to God, sometimes when I'm be mowing the lawn, I swear they're saying to me, I dare you come with me. You know what I mean? It's like they're saying to me, and I'm like, I know it's in my head, but it's all. Yeah, hey, I'm the exact same with uh, yeah, the, yeah. the stone beast. Yeah. You know, I'll say it in the morning, it's like, I'm, I'm going to lift you like that. <laughs> I'm going to keep you away from that ground. Uh, I just get the feeling that it's, it's speaking back, you're saying, all right, let's, let's have, let's try it. Come on, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get it on. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Talking back to you, you're saying right they're challenging you. Yeah, it's like they're challenging you to come and do it. I know. So you're like, that's my motivation. I'd say. Yeah, you're you're coming off that ground, and I'm going to make a shadow between you and the and the earth. Tonight. Yeah, that's it. I had last year. It was only a hundred pounder, but you know I'm mowing and I'm outside in the heat like crazy. So there's a hundred pounder on the ground. And it was the same thing, so I said, screw this, man. And all I had was just a tank. I mean, it was hot. So I stopped the mower, and I said, I'm going to lift this thing. I don't care. And, you know, I had already done the front and the side of the house. and Well, it was one of the ones that was leaking, and I didn't realize it until then. I picked this thing up, Martin. I pulled it up so fast and brought it to my shoulder. I had to drop it right away. The sand literally exploded in my face. It was in my eyes. It was all over my body because I got sweat. So it was like somebody throwing, you know, like cement on me. It was all over me. I put it down on the ground. I was 
like, you know, kind of almost laughed. I went in, wiped the sand out of my eyes, and I was covered. My hair, my hair looked like it was almost gray. There was so much sand in it, man. But you know what? I didn't care. It got me. I lifted it, but it didn't intentionally do it. That was my own fault. But I didn't know there was a big hole, and when I lifted it, the thing like split, man. And I was like, "Oh man!" But you know what? Who cares? Who cares? You know, you know what I did? I refilled it, put it in a garbage bag, used my best friend, Mister Duct Tape, and duct taped the crap out of it. And I had like a hundred and five pound sandbag. Then, you know, it, the the idea of everything here with what we do is obviously anybody that's on here loves what they do. We all go through. Hard times with everything, but you know, my buddy said to me, my buddy Richie always said to me, among many things, you know, one of the big things we used to talk about every time we went into the gym was called war with the weights, all right? But the second one is the weights never lie and the weights will always be there for you. The sand, the stone, okay? Now, I, we equated obviously to a relationship. And you've got to have a loving relationship with this stuff. You know, um, I remember Steve Jack said in that video, I can't say it verbatim, but he was talking about the Husafel stone and all the stuff to get ready for it. And he says, you know, there's th- this is a relationship. There's a certain amount of pain in it, and that's the way it is. And I, I, I'm going to have to get the right verse totally, and next time you're on, I'll say it. Um, there's so much fact and truth to it, and it's like you got to be willing to bring this stuff into you and put your arms around it, and the rest is up to you from that point. So um, I know we're at time. Um, obviously, you know, if you want to give one... We can, st- we can speak for now a while yet, don't worry. No, I, I mean, yeah. I would still like to, I would like to get into uh, the finisher. Okay, and, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, it'd be good for... Uh, Take your time, I anything. Like to, uh, let people down because they've been listening to the show and want to hear it now. Okay, um, sure. And uh, but before that, uh, one last thing on motivation. Yeah. Um, I really like I was saying uh, before. I listened to you and Bill's uh, uh, yourselves and Bill's podcast. Yep. The other day, and it was really, it was really good. Thanks. Um, and uh, you, you, you two had a really good conversation. Uh, you can tell you, yeah, like really good, good friends. Yep. Uh, and uh, but. but uh, Bill has been a, a big, uh, Paul Crawford has been a big motivation uh, for me. Um, before I met him, he was just, uh, a, it was a motivation through, I see him lifting the stones and stuff since 2007. Yep. Uh, and I wanted to kind of replicate some of that. And then as soon as I did meet him, we was filming Stoneland. Um, we got on so well, uh, he was even a bigger motivation as a person. And then uh, when I went to stay with him, twice last year mm-hmm. um, it was seeing him with, with his family and his friends and stuff and um, he's like to me Bill has been like a, a brother that I never had he's been so much of a motivation to me through uh, lifting the stones on uh, as a person in life yeah through you know, being a good friend and a family man and um, it's, it's, it's just good to just say that because it's just good to try and find someone if you can in your life it can inspire you and motivate you and maybe want want to make uh, can make a part of you want to be better. Yeah. And then that part can can be better makes an art part of you better, and uh, so forth. It's just going back to that motivational thing, where motivation is kind of a key aspect of of everything in life. Um, 
so it's just it's just good to try and find someone or something that can motivate you to do a little bit more because the more the better you can do say I mean like lifting stones when I have a great workout uh, I feel on top of the world I'm happy for, for days and days and days Yeah. nothing gets down and then I go and do an hour workout and uh, that same happiness is still there so nothing gets get, anything gets my path I just move it out of the way uh, I'm happy nothing gets me down um, so I'm a better uh, person a better family man better uh, to my kids well I'm always good to my kids but you know what I mean uh, uh, I feel a better person yeah yeah uh, so motivation is a key, and like I say, motivation and muscle is a is a key podcast you should listen to. Um, but anyway, finishers. <laughs> uh, I like to finish when I'm at a gym, especially. Uh, I like to finish with, of course, the, the smaller muscle groups. Yep. It's like the workout I did on uh, Wednesday. Um, to go to gym, I, I train in the back garden with the stones three times a week, or well, two to three times a week if I can. Uh, it just how things work out every day. Yeah. Uh, go to the gym every Wednesday without fail, and and just work. Um, do a kind of a, a routine that is specific. I feel t- to my stone lifting to make me uh, better at what I'm doing. And uh, like so, when I went on Wednesday, I started with I was training with the the Denny rings. Yep. With a little bit of weight on, I did like a, a the the usual stance when you. Straddle the stones. I did like eight reps of them, and then I put the stones side by side, lifted them for another eight reps, and then I went into deadlifts up to be 240, 250 kilograms. Mm. And then I went to barbell bent over rows. I did six sets of that, working up to 140 kilograms. Nice. Um, and then I went on to uh, overhead press uh, with the barbell. I did about eight sets of that. And then uh, to finish off with, I did. Uh, I was kept the barbell in the rack, took took the weight down, and did uh, the triceps ext- tricep extensions. Yep. To help improve my next session of uh, overhead pressing. Okay, and so once you the bars halfway up uh, to lock up position, your triceps kick in more. So I did. I like to finish off with a, a big tricep movement. So I did the tricep extensions with the barbell. Just pushing the barbell over my head and just lowering it down with a narrow grip. That's nasty. Let me ask you this quick before you finish up. Because Bill and I got into this with the biceps with the arms. And a lot of people feel whatever you're doing is enough for your arms so they can do them light. And your opinion, because I've probably got the same opinion as you, don't you feel that the arms should be worked heavy? Uh, the triceps, yeah, especially. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm just going down the stairs here through the. That's corridor, all right. So That's okay. I've got a, a, an echo voice because uh, Sarah's, Sarah's awake in our bed. I was in the bedroom before. No, you're fine. Uh, triceps, especially. I, I yeah, like to work them really heavy. Yeah, as heavy as I can go. Um, but the biceps, I tend to go moderate weight. Yeah, and do more reps. The triceps, heavy, really heavy weight. We uh, less reps, maybe no more eight, eight reps at a time. Yep. And with biceps, I'll go up to 15, 20 reps. Wow. Uh, a moderate weight. Because yep. I like to train the biceps different. Because anything I'm doing with stones, the biceps are getting a, a workout from the very start. From yep. lifting a stone up. Yep. Pulling up, the biceps are working. So, so I can, so to me, 
Uh, I train them with, like you say, more to wait for high reps, mm-hmm. uh, so that they're they're more inclined to be able to take the punishment and the the hard work of rep after rep after rep with a stone. Yep. Because the triceps are more just in, in, they're engaged, but they're not so much engaged unless you're going to press overhead. Mm-hmm. But the biceps are engaged from the very start, all yep. the way through the, the, the movement, from picking up off the ground to squatting with it and holding it into the chest, to standing up with it and holding it in position, uh, or, or if you put it on your shoulder or anything, the biceps are engaged all the way through the movement. Yep. So, so that they because they're under constant tension, I like to train them so they're not so they're uh, built up and bulky and ready for one big lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more so they can sustain the, the pressure on them through that entire movement uh, through multiple reps. So kinda, next time, next time we talk, I'll kind of I'll work and I'll explain it a little bit better so people can uh, kind of know understand it a little bit better. Uh, but that's, for me, that's what it is. I train them different. No, so that's can, cool. They can because because so they can. We stand the pressure right yeah. through the movement, yep. you know, and like you say, we stand that pressure through multiple reps of lifting a stone. Yeah, I mean that's that would be excellent. You know, you and I could talk about routines and everything. That that's one of the things. Um, I think Bill and I next time are going to start talking a little bit about power rack training. Um, I've never talked with Bill about that, and as Bill knows, Bill will be one of the first people once we get a fabricator. Wait till you see that power rack I'm going to put out. It, there's nothing on the market like it, and I've already used a lot of the material. It's just a matter of a fabricator and someone signing off where if you give it out, the lawyer's coming after you. So, I mean, there's an awful lot of things like that. But what else, Martin? Is there any other finishers you want to hit? What do you want to do? Yeah, well, um, like I said, with that workout, I finished with the uh, tricep extensions, because that is part of the, uh, let's say, the overhead press movement, to finish to finish the press movement. So then my next session with triceps, I'll be a little bit stronger. Yep. For not finishing movement. And the triceps are also tired anyway from doing the rest of the uh, movements throughout my routine. Um, so to me, it was a good finisher. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. I don't want to interrupt you, just so everybody's clear. When you're doing these extensions, you're taking a bar, obviously, standing up, it's behind your head, you're using a narrow grip, and you're doing the regular bent elbows and then extending them straight and then going back down over your traps, right? Yeah, that's what I was, okay. the bar is uh, directly like above my head. Yeah, yep, yep. And um, straight arms, and I'm, all yep. I'm doing, uh, I'm keeping my, my shoulders like in place, and yep. I'm just bending my elbows, so... Yep. The bar is coming down yep. to the back of my neck, yep. uh, and then back up again. But I like to let the bar go down, yeah, uh, yeah, past, past my neck, so I can feel the stretch in my yep. triceps. Yep, yep. So I know they're really getting waxed. So what I feel that stretch <laughs> in the tricep, but it's a, it's got to be a controlled movement. Oh if yeah, you, oh yeah. If you try and go quickly, you You're can't hurt the bicep. Yeah, so absolutely. Controlled movement. So don't try and uh, do so much weight. That you've got to like bend the bark or bounce to get the the, the weight um, back up to the nah. position above the head. Nope. Make sure it's a controlled movement all the way through, or you can't. You're all you know, there's a, a big high potential that you could uh, injure your, your tricep, and of course that could put you out of auction 
from yeah. seeing him for a long time. Well, you know what Bill and I talked about? You probably heard us the, the last two shows because I've been doing this a lot. He and I have gone back to the old exercise one-inch bars. And we've been doing this. He's been doing that for a lot of pressing. I was telling him how years ago I read uh, an old article by Dr. Ken Leisner that was very interesting, and I've been doing it a lot more besides taking an pollen and pinning my uh, uh, curl, my bicep curl up against the rods, is this. When you take that one-inch bar, it's obviously when you're a big man like yourself, you've got a back on you. And it was very interesting because you don't kind of really think about that so much. He was talking about start building your curl up with a one-inch bar. And what he was talking about, how what he found, which was really great with it, and he was able to handle more and more was because generally most of us have very big lats on us. Now, you just think about this for a second. So you're all pumped up, you're training like crazy, and you start doing barbell curls. This is straight curls, folks. And you dig your elbows into your lats. Just think what type of curl you're going to have when you do that. Comment on that, brother. Anything you think? Hey. Yeah, using the uh, the thick bar. Yep. Well, no, I'm you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a thick bar, of course, is really good for uh, for grip. Yep. Because uh, grip is an important aspect of lifting stones. Uh, what specific part of the thing where you where you want my question? Uh, answer well, on? well, no. What I was going to ask you, I use the thick bar if I'm going to go in and do isometrics with it. But if I'm doing barbell curls, I'm using a one-inch standard York bar, which is a short bar. You know, it's the old one, the circus from way back when. But what uh, I yeah, what yeah. I do, yeah. But what I'm doing is I'm I'm standing bolt upright, curling this bar. But because my lats are so big, I can literally dig the back of my um, elbows right into my lats and curl. So you got a nice strict barbell curl. Oh, right, yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I, I just like using the old day. Uh, I used to have a, uh, a machine, oh, not a machine, like a, a piece of equipment, and you know, you'd put it over your stomach and your, your elbows would go against the back of it, so that would keep you... Yeah, like, I had one of those, yeah, yeah, I had one of those too. Um, Arnold had put one out years ago when I bought it. It was good, yeah, I get... That's, that's like seen it, because yeah. he used it yeah. in one of his uh, magazines I bought, and I yep. thought, oh, I'll try that now. Yeah, but it's good. Um, what else you got, brother? Um, and our finishing movement I do as well. Uh, just now I'm concentrating on finishing with the triceps because I want to go and press uh, the Ember Stone this year. Yep. So I'm doing a lot in triceps, a lot in overhead pressing. Um, I mean, gym, at the gym, my, uh, the body parts only really use or work so intensely as the, uh, just now, is the back and the shoulders. Yep. Because everything I do is, like I say, is specifically tailored uh, to the lifting stones and the um, the goals I have at a time. And then when, I, when it comes to uh, training for the football stone, yep. I'll train a lot different. I'll change the routine a little bit. But just now, I want to uh, shoulder a few of the big stones and overhead press them. So things I'm training... It's just tailored for that, so do a lot of back and a lot of shoulders. Yep. Um, but before I started finishing with the triceps, I used to finish with the uh, forward dumbbell raises. Yep. Kind of 
Alterson can start with the left, the right arm, and go to the left and back and forth. Uh, I'll start. I'll go really heavy with him, and uh, I'll go up to start with twenty kilogram dumbbells. Yep. yep. Work up that is kilogram dumbbells, and uh, for me, this was like it's like the finishing movement when you're putting a, a stone on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I think that same movement from a. Uh, raising the dumbbell in front of you yep. for uh, dumbbell raises is your shoulder is almost going through the, the same kind of uh, movement as when you're putting that stone on your shoulder Yep. I would finish with that, with that movement in the gym because it was like the finishing movement I would do in a stone so, I, so when, I'm, when I'm training yep. I work the body parts I would work fast when lifting a stone and then finish all the finishing movements are the ones that I would, the body parts and muscles, I would use more when lifting a stone at the end. Yep. yep. So when I start with, I'm, do, I'm doing the deadlifts and I'm doing uh, like the bent over rows. So that's like picking the stone up to start with. Yep. And then I'm going into the shoulders and doing like the the overhead press and then the um, the forward raises. Yep. That's like putting stone on your shoulder. Yep. So every finishing movement I do is just kind of tailored to like the finishing movement that would replicate uh, the last movement I want to do with a stone. So everything I do is tailored to my to the stone. goals that I want. Yeah, I want that. Cheap. Yep, that's awesome. And always, stuff. of course, of course, always finish with the smaller muscle groups. Yep, because they're getting used all the way through your routine. So we don't want to start with a small muscle group. Like I wouldn't start with the triceps. And I wouldn't start my routine with the the forward raises either, right? Because the shoulders and the triceps and the biceps and that are all going to get used in every single movement. movement you've got to yep, do. yep. So you don't want to tire out out of their muscles. Yep. So you do them, of course, at the very end. Yep. I, and I think I think too, you know, like you said, you tailor everything around the stone training. You know, let's face it. You better have a shoulder girdle. You better have a, a back, period, but especially an upper back. You know, you got to have the hamstrings, too, to explode. Obviously, if you don't have the fingers and the hands, you're in big trouble. It doesn't matter how strong you are. you got to have something that you can grip and pull and go. So it's big. What, at the same time, sort of ended up, but at the same time, yeah. um, I've never felt so good uh, as a... Uh, my body feels uh, stronger, yeah. fitter. I'm happier. I've never felt so good in every aspect. Yep. Than since I've been lifting stones to doing any other uh, physical activity that I've, I've done you know, through sports. Yeah. Like you know, boxing, rugby, um, everything like that. Uh, weightlifting, bodybuilding, the powerlifting, everything I've done. Yep. Um, nothing has made me feel as good as I do physically and mentally. Yep. As lifting the stones. Absolutely. And with them every day. Absolutely. Um, what else you got, brother? I mean, we can bring this up in another show, or what do you want to do? Uh, well, this is the last uh, two things I've got. Uh, in uh, June the 2nd, okay. I've got another stone lifting uh, workshop I'm putting on. Okay. Uh, down with St. Glasgow. Okay. Uh, well, large. It's called large. It's just about an hour past Glasgow. Um, and uh, so it'll be like a, 
a four-hour workshop that's teaching people about the history of stones and most everything I can about the uh, technique. Yep. And then uh, getting everyone individually to have a crack at lifting a stone, and I'll give them one-to-one kind of tuition so we can perfect their technique a little bit more and uh, get them lifting uh, safer, for starters, to, to prevent injury. Nice. Minimise that prevention to a great extent anyway and uh, get them uh, more proficient in what they're doing yep and um, I've gone and I've got my my next stone lifting tour around the the historic stones here in Scotland yep and uh, 28th and the 29th of April and this is going to be a good one because uh, I'm quite really looking forward to this I look forward to them all yeah Uh, this is going to be this one's quite exciting because uh I'm touring around with uh, the man you mentioned before, uh, James Crosley, mm-hmm. and uh, of course he was. Uh, uh, I think you said you run it familiar with the show Gladiators. Yep. Uh, but I mean, we've got the Gladiators. There was a British version. There was America. There was Australia. Uh, I think it was them three. Just uh, they all had their own. It was like a big TV show. Where the gladiators were, like bodybuilders or people that were really proficient in uh, in uh, some sort of physical, really hard physical sport, mm-hmm. they would be the gladiators, and they had they all had different suits on and stuff, and they would dress up and that. And people from the that were into sports would have to come on and take them on in challenges. Like they had the uh, two sticks and two old sticks that they knock knock each other off with high platform and stuff like that. <laughs> and they off to chase them through an obstacle course and try and catch them and that sort of thing. It was just mean. It started in 1992 when I was still at, at school, and yep. I was a really big fan of uh, watching that, that show. It was on for nine years, uh, eight years it was, I think it was, in uh, the first series. Um, and I was a big fan of it. And now, in James, who I'm showing around, the Stones, he was one of the gladiators. So I watched him. When I was on doing that show when I was at school, and like I say, I was a big fan. So having been able to show him round the stones and maybe show him a little bit of technique and how we lift the uh, historic stones and natural stones is quite a big thrill because I used to watch him every week on TV. That's awesome. On the challenges and that. Yeah. And of course, he's got a guy with him. He's taking one of his friends with him. He used to work with a he's a PT physical mm-hmm. trainer. Yep. And. Uh, there's another guy as well, uh, uh, Rob. He's uh, he's got his own um, yeah, a t-shirt business. He mm-hmm. makes really cool designs for uh, uh, Storm One uh, t-shirts and that. And he's yep. actually he's actually uh, designed one for me as well. Nice, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, he's put on it um, a photo of me lifting a stone. Kind of blacked out, so I think he's got like the, the silhouette sort of thing. Yeah. And then he's got on it, uh, the Stone Man. <laughs> cool. Which is a kind of name of now, kind of, I've got through people, different people through the last like six months have called me, called me uh, the Stone Man. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, well, I'll take that name, I'll just put it, uh, and that might give people a name to kind of put towards the stones as a lot more exciting. So I've now, I'm now uh, called by certain for some people the stone one, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So he's got that in the theatre, which is pretty neat. Like. 
Um, and then, of course, the next episode when, I, when we speak, uh, I would like to go more into depth about the uh, my concept that I was speaking about before. Yeah. Being the basic, the basic ten. Definitely. Which is characteristics and uh, the stone and uh, or the, the five different lifts that you can do to get a successful lift of okay. any of the stones. Yeah. Um, it would be good to go more in depth with them so people can get a better understanding of uh, how to tackle and lift a, one of those uh, natural stone and of course the, if they can only someone can maybe only get it to knee height or a few inches off the ground don't be disheartened because right. that is a successful lift and one thing you should never do of course is try and mimic what somebody else can do with a stone or natural stone or anything because um, it's, it's a challenge between you and your stone Yep. There's somebody else going to help you lift it. So it doesn't matter what I do, what somebody else does, or any, anything. It's between you and the stone. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge between you, you, and, you and the stone. So never, if you can only get it so high, don't be put off because someone got maybe lifted it higher or lifted it quicker or whatever. It's just you and the stone, and that's it. Yeah. You can always come back and do it again. Um, but I just want people to know that. Um, just because one guy lifted it to his chest, another guy put it on his shoulder, and maybe you got it to your, your knees or uh, your lap, it is a successful lift, and is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a good successful, and um, you should be proud of it. It's a good lift. Absolutely. Um, kind of catch up and not next time. Okay. Uh, Martin, is there anything else you want to give out? Websites or anything? Uh, no, just um, in the next six to eight weeks. Uh, the book I'm working on will be uh, ready for okay. the, uh, publication, so uh, hope so for soon uh, people can maybe if they want to, they can <laughs> they can purchase it. Absolutely. They can learn from it. Yep. That's what it's all about. I just wrote the book because I, I get a lot of questions yep. all the time. So I thought put all that questions have been given into one place, into a book. No. And people can just learn from that. Dive in. Yeah, says how I trained and stuff, and I'm also writing a little section just now to finish it off about um, my experiences since 2011 when I first started, just to kind of maybe inspire others to kind of thinking about it that they're not sure maybe yeah. give them a little bit of inspiration in that sort of way and what it's like to travel around and what you can see the scenery and what it's like to kind of walk up to the stone the first time or even now stones that are lifted maybe six, seven times, it's still a good feeling to walk up to it and grab it and rip it off the ground. Yeah. No matter how many times you lift it. Well, it's, a, it's like taking a voyage through your mind, through your book. So, yeah, I mean, you'll be on in March anyways. You'll be that much closer, and we'll talk about that. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Go out to um, FiorellaBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc., that Right there, that course will get you into stone lifting, and you can always go to the next phase and buy Martin's book. Um, there's just so much good material out there besides this show. As I was telling Martin before we came on, we've probably got now over 800 podcasts already. I don't know anybody that's content. Yeah, and, and, and to think it's content. I mean, this show we are approaching two hours on right now, all right? Um, number one, I don't know anybody that would do a two-hour show, but two hours that is full content. 
This was full. Like I said, when I did the last few with Bill, this one with Martin, a lot of times with Charlie and other people, this is like going to school right now. You're listening to two people that have had experience, that are experiencing things. You might be different, whatever, but my God, there's nobody sitting there in front of 20 people and saying, how do you, how do you straddle a stone? How do you lift a barbell? And this is what you got today, and we're very proud of this, and we're very happy to bring this to you. Um, also, too, don't forget about prosperity consciousness. If you think these shows are worthwhile, contribute to us. I mean, it's very important. As I said, prosperity consciousness is giving and receiving, and that's how the world works. I mean, I'll tell you right now, we're only going to get bigger and better. And I say that all the time, but we are. And I can't wait to tell you who's coming on here. I believe it is on February 19th. Anybody that knows anything about inspiration and people that have done huge things that have come from nowhere that were living on the street, well, you're going to get to meet a gentleman that I hope a lot of you know. If you don't know him, you will. And that name alone is telling you how big we're starting to get when we are attracting people in different levels. As I was telling Martin, Pavel Wadudo said to me about two weeks ago when he was on here, he goes, not only are you the only show I listen to, he goes, I love the route you're going. He says, you're, you're, you're growing. And he says, you're growing your media like you wouldn't believe. And that's why I call it a media group. Who knows? I might even have Martin on here at some point on his own. That's the dream to do here. I've been approached by a couple people that want their own shows. We're not at that point with a network yet, but we will get there, and there's going to be people I'm going to reach out to and say, would you like to be part of the M&M Media Network? I mean, they all are now, but I'm talking where they would have their own half-hour show, period. So that's things we're exploring. So that's where we're going with everything. Um, also, too, Go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. This show will be up, let's say Friday, Sunday, this show will be up because I don't know if I'm going to put Ken No Wikis up tonight. I've got a lot of stuff to do and I just like to take the night off. That'll be up tomorrow because we've got Mark Haydock on tomorrow and we've got, um, Eric Gutman on tomorrow. And then next week we start the week off with Kara Shaw. So we've got a big, big week again starting up. Um, also too, don't forget to, um, if there's a show, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter on motivationmuscle.com. Don't forget to go out and subscribe to YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, real power. Good stuff. In fact, if you have, get our newsletter, I put out a great thing about our brand new page, called Manly Men's Movement. This was uh, the creation of Dr. Wong, myself, Douglas Graham. It is outstanding, and it's going to get huge, 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 and we hope you'll all come in, get on the thread, and start putting on, putting out there what's on your mind, whether it's training, whether it might be advice on a problem you're having, et cetera, et cetera. It's something, finally, for men to come together. And not be told that you're worthless or, you know, men are all bullies or this, that, and the other thing. It's all bullshit, the majority of it. Never apologize for being a man. That's the motto here. Also, too, um, go out to uh, Fiorello Barbell, uh, Fiorello Barbell at NICAP.R.com. 
Um, look at all. Uh, if you like Martin and I do a specific show, let me know and we'll do, get it done for you. Uh, sign up. Go out to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten, and we thank everybody for that. If you have a vehicle, AHA directory. That's AHA. You get M&M 24-7 in your car. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words of inspiration will change your life. Be that way. Be that type of man. Be that type of woman. Don't be a selfish person. Give of yourself. But like I said, giving is great. Receiving is a requirement, period. Also, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. That might be all they ever get, and it's really, really important. Really important. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And the great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red, domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. And I will tell you this, no one will ever clip our balls. Nobody. Nobody, nobody. Russell Fur, um, who just became an entrepreneur, uh, says that when he hears our shows, there's testosterone dripping out of his speakers. That will always be a guarantee. And welcome to the entrepreneurial world, my friend. It's a great thing. It can be tough as hell, but there's nothing better. It's freedom and satisfaction like you can't imagine. Also, Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business, repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit and quitters never win. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor in the world, who were, it's coming up on four years. We lost him to cancer. He'd walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. Say that to yourself. Watch your mind shift. Keep smiling, keep smiling, keep smiling. You'll get a grin on your face. I'm telling you right now. And believe me, you might not have known John, but John will be with you. John was one of the greatest men as a person, too, that I have ever met. And I miss Friday afternoons with him like you wouldn't believe. John, my pop, Frank Klein, I wish they were all here because I'd have them all on with me. With Martin, too. It'd be a four-way Skype. It'd be a, what, one, two, three. It'd be a five-way Skype call. Because I'm telling you right now, folks, these men were so instrumental in so many good things for me. And I and believe me, I butted heads with all of them, especially my dad. But I'm telling you right now, as you get a little bit older and wiser, you realize that these were just men of not only masculinity, but they were men. They they would tell you like it, you know, what it was. And you might not have always liked it, but man, oh man, now I appreciate it more than ever. So remember that. Also, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends that we're here. We want you in the family. We want you to be part of the family. And I'll tell you right now, take every one of these shows. I keep getting people. I love your show. Push it out. Push it out to the universe. That's what we need to do. Push it out. We're always, as Matt Dahl says, Eric, this is what I believe in you, that you are always one hit away from big time with your show, with your voice. A girl I was telling Martin at the co-op, Michelle, she goes, do you realize what kind of voice you have? Do you realize the talent you have? I said, I do, but I don't have to boast about it. But I'll tell you what, like the show and Martin and everybody, I'm proud as hell of them and myself and everything we've done here. This is no small meat and potatoes, ladies and gentlemen. 
This is a guy that had the balls to go out and do not only one company, two. Period. So before you cast anything at me, you need to look at yourself, believe me, because we are the real deal. We are authentic all the way. Also, too, Les Brown, he says, you all have greatness. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And how many people will say that? And before I sign off to Martin, once again, men, never apologize for being men. Go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Manly Men's Movement, go out, click that page, get involved. It's very important. There is nothing of any lousy language. Bring your son out there and let him look at it. Wait to see all the books. We're going to click. We are going to connect with Martin. You're going to get to go out and connect to his historic stone page and whatever else. When his book is ready to go, we're going to put his book up on Eminem because it's so important. So, Martin. What can I tell you, brother? This was the longest show we ever did. It was a killer show, and I always enjoy talking to you, and I look forward to having a pint or two or three and maybe a couple shots to wash it down with you. And, uh, you know, I always wish you the best, and, um, you know, I told you, you are a big spoke in the wheel here. So thank you for being on, my friend. Well, thank you once again for having me back on. Uh, this has been a... Really, a great conversation, um, a great show, <clears throat> and if I didn't have to go and uh, pick up my daughter soon, I would yep. speak for uh, yep. five hours. <laughs> we could we could do it, obviously, there's no doubt about it, but I thank you for being on, and we'll get ready for March, sir. So, thank you very much, and I really look forward to it. Yes, sir. So, for Martin Jansix, Eric Fiorello, like I said, this show will be up Sunday. Um, pay attention. There's a lot of great things coming out. Martin comes on in March. He'll be much closer to the release of his book. And uh, we'll just keep going from there. So um, remember this. Life is asking something from you all the time. Get involved and be part of it because you are all winners and champions. Thanks for listening, everybody, and become unstoppable. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.